Hey y'all, we're back for episode two of the Ma and Me podcast. Crystal, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're going to talk about learned behaviors. Yes, learned behaviors. What are some of the learned behaviors that you've picked up throughout your childhood, young adult life from your relatives, from your mom, from your grandma? Just I just learned how to cope with, um, I guess, what I don't guess. But dealing with uh, abusive behaviors, abusive, um, some of the abuse that I received as a child. And I learned how to just deal with it, just deal with it and put it in the back of my head. And um, yeah, I know it's hard. And uh, we were just talking before this recording, like, hey, Crystal, are you in therapy right now? <laughs> He said, no, nah, I haven't really been in therapy in a minute. And I was like, oh, you may want to consider this podcast to start to unravel something that you thought you put to bed. And ironically, you know, just last year, the end of last year, when I had my falling out with my family members, I thought there were certain things that I had healed from. And so I was triggered. I was triggered in a bad way. And I'm lucky that I'm in therapy and I, you know, I have professionals who can help me navigate this. But what I've come, one of the learned behaviors that I got crystal was that healing is not a linear process, right? That we, but we keep thinking like, oh, we don't need to go to therapy. We don't need, that's what my family always told me growing up. We don't need therapy. We don't need to go to therapy. I'm not going to therapy. I don't care if you're going to pay me to go to therapy. I'm not going to therapy. Right. And so I literally years begging my mother, begging her. I said, mom, I will pay you a monthly allowance if you go to therapy. Mm-hmm. My mother said no. It's weird because my mother being a military veteran, she has done therapy dealing with uh, any issues that I guess she had um, that pertain to her uh, feeling whatever she was going through. I have no idea. I don't know what she was going through. But all I can say is what she told me that she went through. But I don't know if that's if that was her being honest, if that makes sense. And what if what would happen if we made the assumption that our mothers or what they went through actually did happen and that they're simply trying to make the best out of a hard situation? I mean, I would feel bad because I would feel bad, bad for her, for my mom. Yeah. I feel bad for my mother. There are, there are moments when I remember one day I said to her, who did you want to become before, before life robbed you of your dreams and aspirations, before trauma stunted your growth? And she just started crying. She just lost it. I never asked my mom that question. And I remember I was so frustrated with her that day. And I said to her, I was like, what happened to you? Right. You know, because intellectually, I've been in enough therapy I've been in enough psych classes and sociology classes and gender classes to understand intellectually some of the things that she's endured and why she's the way she is. But what I can't understand is her constant decision not to face her trauma, not to heal from the, the things that hurt her. But then I think about you and I and how much it hurts us when we talk about certain things. And how we are still dealing with certain things and healing from it. I've been therapy for 12 years and there are still things I'm still dealing with, dealing with and working through. Healing is not easy. And while it is difficult to heal from the past and trauma and pain and loss and grief and all these other things, what I've come to realize, Crystal, is that 
the harshness of healing never surpasses the peace you feel once you start the, the healing journey. So as hard as it is to heal, on the other side of those things, when you are doing the healing work, there is peace to be found. One thing that I learned, I learned, I learned behavior I got from my mother was my very bad, bad relationship with money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I grew up extremely poor. Like to this day, I will not eat white rice and eggs, fried eggs. To this day, I will not have a couple of noodles. Right. Yeah. Because that was an occasion for me that we were really struggling and I thought we had to eat. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have this warped perception of money. And for a long time, I was ashamed. I didn't realize how poor I was until I got, until I got to college. Right. I mean, we were poor, but I didn't realize how poor, poor. I, like Oprah says, I wasn't just poor. I was poor. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I was poor, poor. And you, you go to college and you realize you're the first one in your family to graduate high school, first one to graduate college, first one to go to college. And, you know, you're being moved in with things in trash bags and your mother's scraped some p- pennies together to get you a, a mini fridge and a mini uh, and a microwave. But there was no decoration. There was no, you know, my niece is second generation and she happens to be going to my alma mater. The day we moved her in her freshman year, not only did we help bring her stuff in, in bins and basket full of things, we helped decorate the office, the space for her. We helped put away her clothes. We put away her, her she had food to last her at least a month and a half. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is why I broke the cycle. Mm-hmm. That my niece could have it easier. You know what I mean? Right. I broke the cycle so she would be able to navigate her life differently. And oh my gosh, right? But that learned behavior around like money and being poor. And like, till this day, I was just telling you this before. I was like, I woke up so anxious this morning because I was worried about money. Because I'm an entrepreneur and because the cash flow is not the same. You know, it's not like... Every two weeks, you know, you're ready to get paid. Mm-hmm. But when money gets tight on a, on a, on a Wednesday or a Tuesday on a, a pay week, in a couple of days, you know, you're going to be okay. Right. And that, that level of uncertainty being the first in my family, you know, to be an entrepreneur, one of the learning behaviors I had learned from my family is the resilience, how to be a hustler, how to be resourceful, how to keep going when life knocks you down. But there's also a part of me that resents my mother. For not having the skills to teach me how to manage my money. For not right. being able to teach me how to balance a, and then we don't use checkbooks anymore, but like how to balance a checkbook, how to, you know, how to start saving, how to manage credit cards better, right? And so because she didn't wasn't taught, because she didn't know, this cycle of poverty just has been passed down from generation to generation. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's scary. It's hard. But that's one of the learned behaviors I got from my mother too. Yeah. Okay, so well, money would be one money for me too. But my mom was always like, okay, I'm going to say this. One of the the learned behaviors that I received from my mom that I got from my mother was self-hatred. It was always, you got to go get you a white man. Okay, because that man is going to treat you better than a black man will. She would say things like that. And so for me, you know, I never thought, yeah, okay, so yeah, I'm going to date a white guy. Although my first love was a black man, a black guy. (laughs) But it was stuff like that, she would say, or never be with a man unless he can buy you a car and put your name, you know, 
your name on the license plate or, or on the title, stuff like that, she would say. It was things like that. And when I say self-hatred, it was, you know, a black man is never going to love you the way a white man loves you. Mm. Or she said things like, the reason why I got with her father, I had a, because I didn't want a dark-skinned baby. I, I wanted to have a light-skinned baby. So is your dad light-skinned and your mom dark-skinned? Yeah, my mother's dark-complected and my, my daddy is, my dad was fair-skinned. Mm. Like your complexion, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was, um, so it was a lot of that. And I don't even think, she, I don't even think she knew that's what she was doing. Mm. You know, and you have to think about the time that she grew up. So I really believe she does. I really truly believe that she is lacking in self-worth and that self-worth that she's lacking. She put it onto me. So that's a behavior that I received from my mother was self-hatred. And that's, and I'm honestly speaking because I started dating white men for years yeah, to feel like I was worthy enough mm. to be in society. Wow. And that has happened historically for, for women of color, for black women, you know, for brown women, right? This idea of assimilate to make your life easier. Right. And no shade to those who date white people. You know, that's your prerogative. That's your choice. Right. That's your right. For me, that's not my ministry. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I don't have time to teach a white gay man how to stop being such a privileged asshole. Uh, but it was interesting. One of the things I learned from my, when it comes to men and relationships that I learned from my mother was that if you just loved them harder, they would stay. Yeah. Because I saw my mother beg for men to love her. Yeah. But I also saw her do things that pushed men away. I can relate to your mom too. And yeah, just just feeling unworthy of love. Yep. And my mother started to see men as commodity. You know, like, oh, what can they do for me? Can they help pay for my bills? And that's why, to this day, like when a man offers to help me or pay for, it makes me so uncomfortable. I will go on dates, even if I don't initiate the date, and still not let the man pay for me because I'm so right. uncomfortable. And I'm often the initiator so that I can say, why well, I asked you, I was why I have to pay. Right. Right. But that was because I've always seen that behavior from my mother. And I was like, I don't want to be like her. I don't want to have to depend on men to survive. I don't want to depend on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that kind of learned behavior. Yeah. Because it's just like, I want a man who's going to love me for me. Yes, of course, I want a partner who can hold us down when I'm going through a hard time and vice versa. You know, but I want this step into my Oprah. I want this a man who has his own. And when he joins me in a relationship, I have my own. And together, we have a fortune. Right. Right. Together, we build a legacy. Together, we build an empire. You know, and that's what I aspire for. You know, I don't aspire to be taken care of. Right. But one of the things I'm learning is that I don't have to allow myself to be soft. Like, I'm such a lover. I'm such a giver. I struggle to receive. I'm the same exact way. And it's probably because, you know, it could be, too, because we may have, well, I know I have abandonment issues. Oh, I have abandonment issues. Oh, yeah. I have abandonment issues big time. Right. So it could be part of that as well. You know, because me, too, wanted to just be loved unconditionally after, you know, feeling 
having these feelings of um, lack of worthiness because I definitely had that, you know. <laughs> it's so deep, oh, yeah. Mark. It is so deep because as we're talking, and all these feelings and these emotions are just being drug up. And I'm just having these memories and all these thoughts of what I went through and what I've done to myself, you know, how I beat myself up from not receiving or not feeling worthy enough because of learned behaviors. And how combating that now, because now you're in this loving relationship with this. How have you allowed yourself to receive your husband's love? I just, for me, what, (laughs) that's a deep question. How do I allow myself? I'm just open and I'm open through communication. I'm open with, you know, allowing him to express his feelings for me. You know, I'm not sabotaging myself. I'm not sabotaging the relationship. I'm allowing him to just, well, I'm allowing myself to be free, to allow him to be free with me and express how he feels. If he wants to grab me and hug me and kiss me, I allow that. Sometimes before I was like, oh, this is, you know. You know what I mean? Because I didn't feel worthy enough for that love. So then I sabotaged a relationship because of it, because I didn't feel worthy enough. So now I just allow him to just love all over me. And it feels good. <laughs> it feels right all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. This is- yeah, this is deep, and this is also, you know, which is why this podcast begins. And, you know, when we say mothering ourselves is because we are reparenting ourselves, our inner child, because our child self wasn't parented in a way that was the healthiest. Right. You know, and the reparenting process is so, 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 it's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. It's It's difficult, Mark. This is hard. This is hard fucking work. This is not... This is hard. You're going to need a therapist after this recording sessions because that a dirty martini, honey. Let me tell you. Okay. This is... Yeah, this is something else. And this is why I love our friendship, Crystal, because it allows us to do things like this. Yeah. Show up. We get to show up. You've seen me, you know... In many versions of me, the hungover version, the pretty dressed up version, no makeup, having a hard day energetically version of me right now, right? Like, I'm allowed to show up my full self around you. Yeah. And the reason why I love you so much and I value our friendship is because I can show up as my full self. And I don't feel like you're judging me or criticizing me. And also, there's a party that understands that despite the obvious differences between us, the two decades, you being a woman, me being a man, you being a black woman and being Latino, you being from the South, maybe from Jersey, you know, despite all those differences, there are little inner children in us who were hurt. Yeah. Who are craving to be healed, who are hoping to mother ourselves into wholehearted people so we can be the best versions of ourselves for our lovers, for our stepchildren, for our, if I have a child, my future child, for my family, my friends, but more importantly for myself. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Y'all, this podcast is just getting started. You think you know that this is just the beginning because in the upcoming episodes, we'll talk about abandonment issues. We'll talk about our relationship with our mothers more directly, both in the past and the present. And so much more coming up in this series of the Ma and Me podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Crystal. And together, we are mothering ourselves into wholehearted people. To wholehearted people. I love you, Mark. I love you, Crystal. <laughs>